Tara. And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we are here to lovingly snark on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas lineup for the 2022 season. And tonight we are here to talk about the Jody Sweeten movie, which is a cozy Christmas inn. But first, first, we are going to have our first round of talking about a recap for last week's movie. This is the first time we're doing this yep. with our new tiered ranking system. That's right. So we're going to take week one movies and tell you where they fell on the snark chart. So just to review, there are usually four weekend, four movies every weekend. So there's a movie on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the main Hallmark channel, and then one late on Saturday night on the Movies and Mysteries channel. So this week, Austin, what were our four movies? All right. So our week one movies for Countdown to Christmas, we had Noelle Next Door as our Friday night movie. We then had We Wish You a Married Christmas as our Saturday movie. And then our Sunday movie was A Kismet Christmas. And then rounding it out, which was on Miracles of Christmas Saturday night, was We Need a Little Christmas. And then our tiered ranking system has five tiers. Starting from the bottom, we have Snooze Fest, then Bad But Snarkable. Our mid-tier category is Watchable. Then good movies are watchable on purpose. And our top tier is awesomely um, annoying, annoyingly good. good. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through these. What did we think? Week one. Um, we, you know, we, we went mid to low week one. Yes. <laughs> As to be kind of expected. They want to be they want to start out good, but it's not their best. Yeah. I mean, and we, uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, you know that we decided to do this on Noel Next Door which we had ranked as watchable. Right. We liked that one. We don't know that we would necessarily watch it on purpose, but certainly if it was already on the television, we might stare into our phone while it played in the background. (laughs) It was a good October, it's not yet Christmas kickoff. Right. Um, What about those other three, though? We haven't talked about those yet. So Saturday, um, let's start there. (laughs) Saturday was um, We Wish You a Married Christmas. Yeah. which was about a couple that were having marital problems and they were sent to this inn in Vermont and they get stuck there. With like an, alpacas or llamas right. or something? An ornament fell on their car. There were alpacas. There was a dog painting lady. I mean, we did have a gay couple in it, which like... They ran the inn. It's fine. It just... I, I felt like the energy did not vibe with the type of acting that these actors have right so anyway we ultimately went with this one was bad but snarkable right we wouldn't really watch this one if it came on tv again we don't think i definitely know i wouldn't but there were snarkable moments but there were snarkable moments there's some like there's a whole conspiracy theory in the town like they're all conspiring to keep this couple there i mean that's funny it certainly wasn't a snooze fest. Like that's 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 the worst to us. It's like it can be bad, but if we're falling asleep in the middle of it, that is that is the worst tier. And that wasn't happening here. No, not in this one. <laughs> but it, it redeemed we redeemed ourselves a little bit on Sunday night. Um, Agreed with Kismet a Kismet Christmas, Christmas. Yep. Magic cookies that if you sleep with them under your pillow, they you make dream you... all night of the your true love. Right. I still I still don't quite get the recipe or anything. But well, and the recipe appeared through a hole in the wall, and it just appeared one day. <laughs> so there's definitely like a magic element. There are definitely some snarkable bits here. So content to laugh at with the movie. Yeah. 
just because it, it's you know just because it's watchable or anything doesn't mean that it's not snarkable right <laughs> um but ultimately we we ranked this one as watchable not something we're gonna go select on purpose but not one if you're a hallmark fan you would regret having watched right the premise was more exciting than the execution with mm-hmm. this one i think again that tends to happen with some of these magical themed movies it's like we really want it to be a little more than it is but it's still about just the good heart of christmas and you know small town oh i did like that she was a children's book author and they had it was like she was a children's chapter book and they Mm -hmm. dressed up in cute little costumes there was like a library or a bookstore scene yeah so i did like that but not enough books are the way to your heart they are i am a librarian (laughs) what's not a way to my heart though was the (laughs) falling asleep in the middle of a movie (laughs) yes that brings us to our Oh, you guys, uh, you guys. So we did our first attempt at staying up to watch the movies and mystery movie at, like in like live right after. So we watched um, We Wish You a Married Christmas from 8 to 10 on the main channel and then mm-hmm. switched over and watched We Need a Little Christmas on the movies and mysteries channel. How'd that go, Austin? It didn't go well. It was I mean, it, it's why we created the category Snooze Fest. It was boring and slow. And you didn't quite make it all the way through the first time. I don't think I did. It's like a week later. I don't even know if I can remember what this is about. It doesn't matter because like this is a snooze fest one. We just strongly encourage you to find a different one. Yes. To watch. Yes. And we we have a gut feeling that's going to be the case with these movies. Yeah. So we're not we're not staying up anymore. We're just going to watch it. We're going to record them and watch them the next day when yeah. we can like hold our eyelids open. We stayed up so you didn't have to. <laughs> this time. <laughs> we're not doing it again. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up our first week of rankings. If you want to follow along with us, you can follow us on Instagram where we're posting this on our stories and our highlights so you can see how we've ranked each week. And you can also go to our website, hallmarksnark.com. And go to the ranking section where you'll also see all the rankings for the movies we've watched so far. Yeah. If that can help you pick like which of these are worth watching, especially for the ones that we're not covering, this will give you our thoughts on which ones uh, you might want to smash and which ones you might want to pass on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So time to talk about A Cozy Christmas Inn. It was cozy and it's in with two ends because it is an in movie. <laughs> it's so in. <laughs> but not in with one in, in with two ends because it takes place ends. in a lodging intended for three or more people. <laughs> is that an actual definition I of it? I just made that up. Okay. It sounded smart. Well, it should be the definition if it's not already. <laughs> All right. So a little bit about this movie. A real estate executive, Erica, travels to Alaska during Christmas time to acquire a bed and breakfast only to discover that it's owned by her ex. While there, she finds herself falling in love with the town and quite possibly him. Ooh. Ooh. Now, it is not a bed and breakfast. (laughs) No, it is the opposite of a bed. There's no quaintness. It's a steampunk barn, (laughs) y'all. In Utah. Uh, We did look up the filming location for this one. It was in Utah. What's important to note about this before we do a deep dive summary and tell you our sparks and snarks is that this is a sequel to another Hallmark Christmas movie from 2014 called Christmas Under Wraps. A starring... candy cam movie. <laughs> yep. So not only was this, it's the same town, the same cast, except for the female lead, 
who was replaced by Jody Sweeten, which is Candy Camp's <laughs> co-star in Full House. <laughs> so we'll get to that. Trust us in the snark section. We feel like Hallmark itself is snarking a little bit with this movie. You got you want to talk some like high level drama that takes you off the the movie and into like drama that's going in with the Hallmark channel. That's that's what we have here. We've got some tea for you with this light tea. I mean, it's yeah. like it's certainly not, not. It's why I'm so excited about this season. Like this, we this see, very yeah. thing. We so. see a direction that Hallmark's going. That's like, yes. All right. So Tara, why don't you give us the bigger plot overview for a cozy Christmas Inn with two ends? All right. We'll see how well I do with this. So this is this is really at its heart, a pretty basic plot line. So Jodie Sweeten plays Erica McNichol and she plays alongside David O'Donnell, who is Andy Holiday. And we've seen Andy Holiday before in the first movie. Um, He is living in a place called Garland, Alaska. And he's just opened an inn there. He has um, not gone into the family business, which the movie alludes to is being Santa Claus. His father is basically Santa Claus. Um, and, you know, he's he's going, he's forging his own path, but his inn isn't doing very well. He's got some past due notices and he's really struggling to get people to come to this inn that is two hours out from the closest airport in Alaska. Meanwhile, Jody Sweeten, Erica McNichol, is working for some sort of vague company in Seattle, Washington, and she has found out that her boss has seen an in-flight magazine feature on this inn in Garland, Alaska, and decided that she wants to purchase it because purchasing this inn is going to basically make them the next Hilton hotel chain for some reason. So this is going to skyrocket them to wild success to go out and acquire this inn, no matter the price. So she sends uh, Erica out on the airplane and says, you know, buy the inn, whatever, whatever you have to do to talk them into it, buy this inn. Jody quickly figures out, or Erica quickly figures out, um, when she realizes it's Garland and she does some digging, that this is, in fact, she she recognizes Garland. It's her ex. Andy is somebody that she dated like 10 years prior in Seattle, and he left to go back to Garland. Things didn't work out. And now she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to see him again. She sees him and realizes that not only does she have to see him, he's the person that she's buying, that she's trying to buy this in from. And he's not quite ready to sell. This is his dream. It's not doing real well, but he's not ready to give it up. So she's got to stick around for a while and see if she can see if he makes a decision, see if she can convince him to sell. Um, And of course, while she's there, she gets wrapped into all of the Christmas festivities, all the reminiscing about their time together and, you know, just getting to know Andy again now 10 years later. So they kind of go around a little bit on what it would mean for him to sell her the inn and that she would get a big promotion, but then it means that he has to give up his dream, which apparently is the plot of the gift of the Magi We'll talk more about that later. Uh, but eventually she decides that she's not gonna she's not gonna do this. He's not gonna sell. He's also not officially going to go into the family business. And he and her are going to keep the in. They're gonna have a plan, a marketing plan to get this in to be successful again. And she's going to stay in Garland with him and they are going to be together forever. And the kiss happens somewhere in the middle, so it doesn't end with them kissing. Mm-hmm. Or rather, kissing for the first time. It ends with them giving each other gifts. They're kind of making up. And she gives him a picture of a newspaper article about the inn. He gets her, like, he buys her a star. But she gives him a picture of the newspaper article about the inn. And it's like, this is yours. It's going to stay yours. They kiss. And then they look up at the moon. And they see 
Santa going across it with his sleigh and all of his reindeer, because at this point she has been told about the family business. She did get told but by Mrs. Claus, but she didn't really believe it. She was like, oh, your mom has a great imagination going on about all that Miss <laughs> Claus stuff. And that's the moment she believes. And she knows that Santa was the family business, but they're going to go into innkeeping and that's going to be their life together. So Garland, Alaska, Santa Claus's workshop, Jody Sweden. What were the sparks on this movie for you? Let's talk sparks because my spark, my only spark, <laughs> is the tea. <laughs> All right. Well, then before you do that, talk let, about real sparks. Let me talk about some real sparks. But this is going to be a podcast about snarks tonight. Yes. My my primary spark is the fact that Santa is involved. I love a good Christmas movie do. with a Santa Claus, especially like one that's like, are we sure? And they like name it out loud that and it's we, real. We haven't seen a lot of those. This no. is kind of a return to something that they used to do that I've not really seen. So for me, it was a delight kind of going back to that classic, like, oh, you're marrying into Santa's family. Love it. Right. The second spark I have was the fact, so when um, Erica is talking with Andy, about buying the inn from them she like does a good job being like let's talk about how you're feeling there's no like false community like miscommunication issue around like her pressuring him she's like if you don't want to do this that's fine so there's like a consent on the work agreement that i thought was actually very healthy and i haven't seen that trope in previous seasons which is like, we're going to talk about that this is awkward and can be painful. And if it's not, like, I can bring another salesperson in if you don't want to do it with me. And I, I will say one of my little sort of baby sparks here is that there is like a diner run by Hattie. And like Hattie, Hattie. and what's the name of the the driver slash journalist guy that's always there? He has a name. I don't know what his name is. Oh, I bet I have his little name up here in my notes. Um, Martin, the taxi driver and printer. So they kind of have a cute yeah. little romance. But that wrapped up into Hattie's Diner and the dishes that she's serving at the diner. They're snarkable, but I'm going to put them in a spark, be a spark because they were funny. She serves all kinds of she strange is, food. She is a delightful comedic character in this. I mean, she has the craziest, loudest Christmas sweaters of all time. She has the new sparkle donut, which was basically just like a bunch of jingle bells and like a it was bow. a headband that had like a folded piece of ribbon as the bed that a bunch of like Christmas balls and jingle bells were resting atop of. And I wanted one. I said, Hallmark, sell me this. I will buy it. And like Hattie's is the only food establishment, it seems, in this town. So to your point about it would being funny, so here are a couple of menu items that I thought were hilarious. She offered yam and fruitcake casserole, <laughs> uh, cocoa cornbread stuffing, mm -hmm. and then pork belly braised in eggnog. Yes. But she also offered one really important set of things, which was non-dairy milks and the little <laughs> pink and blue sugars, because that was a nod to, and we do need to talk about Candy Cam's previous appearances yeah. in this town, that in the previous movie... Candy Cam, Candy Cam, by the way, is Candace Cameron. I was like, we should probably <laughs> we name should probably who, say who that she is. is. Yeah. Candace Cameron, who famously has left the Hallmark Channel to go to GAC, she was in the original movie. And when she came to Garland, a running joke, or not a joke, but just a thing, is that they don't have coffee. 
And that when they they don't have like coffee shop, they have regular coffee and that's it. And they don't have like her fancy oat milk or any kind mm-hmm. of special sugar. She's like, I have regular sugar and maybe I can dig up some like cream in the back or whatever. Um, but now they have the little pink and blue sugars. And that was a nod to candy cams. Yep. Yeah, and like issues in the previous two percent milk or something <laughs> yes so my big spark here is how much this entire movie but also some very specific moments in the movie were just hallmark throwing shade at candace cameron <laughs> for leaving them for gack and it was done in the most hallmark of ways where it's like so true you know on a scale of one to ten it's a one in terms <laughs> of you know the intensity of it it's all right. going to be very they could easily deny that that's what they're doing. But I see, I see you Hallmark. I see what you're doing. I see that you're making a statement here just by having this movie exist, casting Jodie Sweetin in it and some of the comments that they made about mm-hmm. why that previous character, because what happens before we even get into the plot of the previous movie, you, know, you have this same male love interest falling in love with Candace Cameron's character in a previous movie. Mm-hmm. And then we have to explain why she's not there yeah. anymore. So some of those explanations were, a little very light hallmark shade at candace cameron through her character in that movie so i liked that they did that yeah but i'm being intentionally vague because pretty much everything related to that conversation is a snark so let's maybe so just dive into we the need snark to dive side into because as tara said the tea was the spark but let's actually drink the tea now right let's drink the tea let's talk about <laughs> what the tea is made of and the tea is based in this previous movie right so christmas under wraps which was the candace cameron beret 2014 right as we've said same exact everything except for our female lead so if you're doing the math on that that's eight years ago yep um so this is pre our time so we had to go back and watch this movie we, we did queued it up and we did our homework we watched the movie <laughs> So things to know. So Lauren is the lead in Christmas Under Wraps. She is um, a doctor and she's looking for this prestigious fellowship. She doesn't get it. So she gets placed at this clinic in Garland, Alaska. Oh, my goodness. She's falling in love with Andy. Oh, my goodness. At the end of the movie, an option comes available for her to take this prestigious fellowship again. And then she has to decide between the fellowship and the love that she has found in this clinic taking care of the town that's gossipy and fun and small with Hattie and Andy and Frank. They don't have any cappuccinos and no coffee shops. And like, as you know, as she acclimates to Garland life, she trains in her heels for boots and like a winter scarf. So you see her kind of become, and the last part of that movie was her saying, you know, I've worked my whole life for this fellowship, but I think I'll be happier here at Garland. And that's the, like, they love each other. The end. Or so we thought until so eight years thought. later. Because apparently this movie said they have to explain away where Lauren went, right? We fell in love with her. This is a favorite movie in the Hallmark. It's like some people think it's one of CCB's best mm-hmm. movies. Like that's part of why they chose to do a sequel to it. And maybe they were even originally planning. I think originally for CCB there was some there was some plans for CCB to be in it, which I don't know. It would have to be a totally different plot yeah. for the movie because this is a this is a romance that's it is a second chance romance. I, I don't know that I mentioned that Jody. Oh no, I did. Jody Sweeten's character mm-hmm. had had previously dated Andy. Yeah. Um, she knew him, um, but CCB's character would already have been in love with him and have been with him for a long time. Yeah. So how do we explain in a hallmark appropriate way that she's not 
there anymore. She can't be dead. Well, I mean, I guess dead would be easy. Well, that's what I thought they were going to do. Like, oh, like she quite honestly, passed away. if they had killed her off, that would have been less shady than the fact that. Which is why I think it was shade that they did it because <laughs> they could have just killed her off and been like, oh, she. So let's tell people what happened. Okay. So what happened? She, she took a fellowship in San Francisco and left. <laughs> she yeah. couldn't hack it. So basically movie cuts, Christmas under wraps, wraps. And then five seconds later, she's like, actually, Andy, I got to take that fellowship. And maybe it wasn't that same one. I think it was the second one that came right. along. But like an opportunity came and she really just was like, <laughs> it's like no. the Christmas spirit had left. It was January. It was cold. And she was like, peace. This is actually not for me. Right. I mean, I really like they threw shade because they were like, oh, yeah, she got this prestigious fellowship. So now she's over in San Francisco, which I was find also interesting. Because there's a lot of Fuller House references in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, why well, San Francisco? There's lots of other major cities. I think that's where she started in the original movie. Oh, that is was it? In San is Francisco. that why? Yeah, okay. I think that she was going back to her Fine. original area. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but I think that's where it was. But it was the line, that, and I can't remember the exact line, but in the movie they said something about like she got the offer and she just couldn't say no to you know, doing... The, the the lure of the fellowship or whatever yeah. and it's like that's what happened when Gak came knocking on her door and said you want to switch and do christmas movies on our channel and ccb couldn't resist the call of the great american christmas the great american dollar <laughs> <laughs> or whatever pulled her over there it might have also yeah. been her values and mm-hmm. you know knowing the or the the head guy so she she left and this movie i think purposefully made this plot line oh for and, sure and, and tossed it in there to to in the most hallmark i mean i liked way. it also because like so um erica's character knew that andy had been dating a doctor and it was kind of like fishing around for information like, oh, about he, it. i already was with a doctor and then he and he was like oh lauren and she's like oh is that her name <laughs> <laughs> Laura? Like, girl, we all know is lauren lorenza what's her name <laughs> Lorenza. I don't know. <laughs> I know How would you Lorenza's Renaissance Christmas. <laughs> so a lot of our snark in this is is on that high level because of just the fact that this movie was I made. have so many low levels too though. But we do we wouldn't be us if we didn't have a long list of variously sized other snarks just from the you know it's still a Hallmark movie right like regardless of whatever's happening on the macro level for this movie we still have wall balls and wall wreaths and the ibo the what? The eyebow. There was a big iMac with a giant bow stuck on the back of it to and, hide so the bow. That's an eyebow. <laughs> that's an eyebow. Because <laughs> it was hiding the, the Apple logo. All the details <laughs> that we love about Hallmark and their decor and their plot choices and their characterization. So let's let's go through those. Where where do we want to start? Um well, I think what was interesting, it, I want to stick with the Lauren thing for a second and then we can kind of shift maybe to maybe some of the setting components. Oh my gosh, yes. So there were a lot of so Erica kind of had the same trend that Lauren did, which was she came in underdressed, uh, didn't have the right boots, didn't have the right coat, didn't have proper headwear or a scarf or anything. And as she acclimates to the garden, Garland life and goes to the one store that sells clothes, she starts getting like a warm coat and boots and all of that. The part that was hilarious was in the first movie, they talk about jeans that are lined with sweatpants. And they come back. and. That's the selling point in this movie. Andy's like, you should go to that uh, 
that store down in the greater metropolitan Garland area. <laughs> Which is hopefully they even they know that that's a joke. Yeah, it seems really on, on the nose for them if they don't. Um, and he's like, you know, they've got these great jeans with sweatpants. It's like they were trying to turn her into Lauren by making nods back to the first movie. So it was just really funny and weird and awkward. Yes. Um, and, you know, her outfits throughout this, they change because she starts out. She wears, is wearing the ugliest pink coat. It's like you just a, don't like that color pink, I but think. it's not it's it's not the p- color of it. It's the texture of it. Mm-hmm. It was like a fuzzy pink coat. It was like a cheap pea coat material, right? And it definitely looked too thin. And she's showing up. It is actively snowing. Like not just. I mean, they did have CGI snow in this, but it was actively snowing. And it's on Alaska, them. y'all, in December. She's got this basically a pea coat, which is not appropriate for this no. kind of weather. And the nice boots, and they they get on her. They say, oh nice boots you got there and she's like yeah they're really expensive and like kind of pushing back at him like but my thought is yeah that's why he's worried about you wearing them in the snow because you're going to ruin them because they're really expensive boots oh i thought it was because her feet were going to freeze well that too okay so you know (laughs) i wasn't even thinking about the dollars never even when she gets a scarf and she gets a more appropriate coat never wearing gloves never wears gloves and like legitimate i love when there's real snow in these movies but this time it crossed a line like i was actively worried for jody sweeten because like there was one scene where they're talking outside it's clearly been snowing her hair is like globbed together in it's wet, wet snow i have never seen someone look so disheveled. she has no hat <laughs> that was like this girl needs a hat and gloves and to be under a tent and just have CGI snow put it on It was to the point where watching the movie, it took me out of the movie because I was so worried about her not being adequately dressed <laughs> for the weather. Because there is a thing, you know, they often film these movies in like July. And so I think they sometimes underdress their people. They leave their coats open or they dress a little differently. So they're not running around in 100 yeah. degrees in a coat. And because you can kind of not think too hard about the snow, you're focused on the characters and the conversation. But here, there was so much snow everywhere and it looked so cold and i just i, I couldn't think about anything other than how yeah. cold she must have and been. how wet her hair was right <laughs> um let's talk about the inn the inn itself let's talk about the inn itself can we before we talk about the inn can okay. we talk about the very first thing we see when we walk into the inn very quickly which oh, is sure. him stuck in his the meet cute moment or the re-meet oh my cute god how did I forget? yeah let's before absolutely. we even get like before we this, she walks in and kind of notices the inn the first thing she sees is him mm-hmm. and he is coming out he's got an ugly christmas sweater on and he's he got a shark with a santa hat and he's stuck inside it he has his arms like like Frankenstein out in front of him and the 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 neck of the sweater is on top of his head and he like can't pop his head through it. Even though his hands are 100% free, he's just holding them out in front of him like, I can't get my sweater there down. There is no reason a grown man should not have been able to pop his head through that sweater. <laughs> it was the most awkward weird i mean it was hilarious and so it's creating the moment where she can pull the sweater down and he sees her for the because she knows who he is but he doesn't know that she's the person coming so then he can like boom see her and be like oh my god erica it's you i mean if they had literally just put something in his hands they could have done that exact same scene without (laughs) it being questionable and just outright dumb yeah but then they've met, she's there, she sees him, and we we do get to take in this glorious setting, which is a steampunk barn. Right. So this is filmed at like the Rosewood Lodge or something in Utah, which is a boutique uh, 
like adventure steampunk hotel it's an urban adventure yeah. steampunk but they try to make it look, look real rural in this movie and it has what special accessory that i've never seen in a boutique hotel before an observatory in a grain silo so <laughs> this movie clearly had to like retcon in some sort of vague astronomy plot line in order to make sense that the the set that they got for this happened to have an observatory, right. like, so they worked it in. This is too good to not use. Right. Like, How would we not have a, have a, a scene, love scene in the observatory? We're, we're in this tiny little observatory, because it is like not even a big grain silo. Anyway, they're they're in it. They've opened it up. We're looking at the fake stars that have been CGI'd in, and they're talking about like the coldest planet and the coldest stars. Like they're trying to like geek out on like we both love the stars. I was like, this doesn't feel right. like this doesn't make any sense. It was it was retconned. It didn't exist. And so they, they have their first kiss, um, which is in the middle of the movie because they're a second chance romance. They've already kissed. They, before. they get to kiss earlier. They get to kiss earlier. And then like a fake CGI shooting star goes across the sky and all that. <laughs> but they the, you know, the rest of the movie, they, they set it up because in her office, in Erica's office back in Seattle, she has a telescope mm -hmm. don't see any sort of window that she would look out with no, they're all telescope. frosted but she's like into the stars and then they mentioned something about her love of astronomy astrology or whatever and at the end he buys her a star so they that just feels like they kind of tacked that on to be like oh and she has this love of stars that we sometimes talk yeah, about i can't so imagine an observatory i can't imagine hallmark went out and was like we must find a hotel with an observatory in it. They were just like, oh, we found a hotel with an observatory. Add it to the script. Add it to the script. Work it in. It doesn't have to make sense. Just just like, it's just the wrench stars. it in there. It's Christmas. It'll work. I promise. It's fine. I mean, it is pretty unique. Now I kind of want to go to this boutique steampunk okay, and, and the hotel. thing is, the hotel is actually really beautiful. But I will tell you, this is not a cozy. It is, there's nothing cozy about it. It is an urban, like clean, corporate-y kind of vibe to it. It has the like wood beams a little bit but that like whatever that modern like it's like magnolia farms kind of vibes but yes. steampunky feels industrial. very cold like concrete floors yeah. and concrete concrete i don't know yeah and, concrete, and like concrete. A, it's my like favorite. a barn that looks <laughs> i don't know there's yeah it looks brand new too it yeah. does not look and there's just like a lot of cold feeling space in it yeah so didn't feel the vibe of the cozy christmas inn so that was a little disappointing. I think what was also disappointing is like Andy has sunk all this money into it and there's no room service, but they have a big giant kitchen that has like four cans of vegetables and a box of weird cereal. In and it. like a cookie jar with macaroni in it. <laughs> yeah. It was like, why do you have this industrial kitchen and no food service for your guests? Like, that's not a business plan, Andy. Right. You could be doing so much more with this. You could be providing so much more. But you know what, Austin? That's Garland for you. Oh, that's the tagline in this movie. <laughs> I got real I got real done with they that. Said by it the a lot. That that's Garland for you. Um, well, what's not Garland is Andy's life choices. <laughs> because can we just snark on Andy for a second? Yeah, what what is he doing? So movie number one. We learn he's an architect who leaves Seattle to come back home, and Bad then he choice. becomes a pilot. And, and that's then, actually and how... he sells the plane because they said in this one that he right. sold the plane. But at the end of movie one, he agrees to start helping his dad with the family business. Being so we Santa. assume he's going to prepare to become Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. This movie, no, he's not helping his dad at all. He's bought an inn, and what does he tell us? He has gone broke. He has no customers. 
He's past due on everything. I don't even know how he got written up in the in-flight travel magazine. To he be took honest. out one ad in an in-flight travel magazine. There's no airport into Garland, y'all. Who's going there? That's why. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the problem. Is so it's like no business plan. What this man does not know what he wants to do with his life. That's why Candy Cam left. We want to snark on her, but she made the right. She made. The I choice mean, Lauren made the right choice <laughs> here, and she got away from Andy. You know, Jody Sweeten's character was going to. She's going to get promoted to be. It's pitched to her as basically being like the vice president of Hilton Brand Hotels. Like that's the level that she's right. going to be at, and she's like flirting with that idea and she's gonna instead get her flannel lined sweatpants or, or sweatpant lined jeans and go stay in garland at this failing in with santa's reject son well he's not rejected from no, the family he, he's just rejected he's just from like, santa Inc. i can't take up the mantle dad um oh by the way the business of santa they, it does have like a a business it's a shipping company wink wink, wink. wink. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and his name is Frank Holiday, not Santa Claus, which is also hilarious. Um, I was going to say, Andy's one business plan, the one thing that he thinks is going to lure customers in is he has a blog that tracks Santa's flight <laughs> and that it, Rudolph has a direct line with the weather service. And the one couple that's visiting this in is, like, is raving about this blog. And they're like, oh, my goodness, how did you think of this? This is so unique. Jody Sweeten's like, your blog's going to add so much value to the assessment of this. And the reality is, every local news station does this already. So I don't know why we're pretending this is a unique thing. Right. She's not a marketing specialist. She comes in, she's like, we're going to do some SEO and we're going to fix this and, and do these things. It's like, do you really know what you're talking about? I also don't believe that she knows what she's talking about because nobody seems to be looking at andy's financials because he has no money things aren't going well right like you you would think he would show profits and she's just kind of like i take his word it seems to be good like at one point she even says i thought you said business picks up are you not looking at the profit and loss right i want to see some but if you're talking about buying a business you want to see some books you want to see some stuff you want to know you're not just she's a checklist she's going around counting how many sinks there are and it's like you need to see some numbers on how he's running this place and she doesn't seem to ask him for any of that. I'm actually a little bit curious about what exactly she's doing all day. I mean, <laughs> I think she expected to only be there for a day or right. two because she she didn't seem to be invested in staying for very long. She thought she was going to be in and out. But she's she's just waiting for an answer from him that he's going to sell. And sometimes she walks around with her little checklist and is like looking at things. But the rest of it is like, what what are you doing there all day and then he seems a little confused about why she's there that like she's or why the like boss keeps, would want yeah. to keep talking to her like, and like he, what work she should be doing it's like it, waiting for you to give her an answer buddy right that's why she's that's what she's doing at, at christmas time she could be home with her family you're twiddling your thumbs on this on this answer that's what she's waiting for and then he's like well how much money are we talking and then she like writes down a number on a little piece of paper. Oh, we as the billion audience, got. <laughs> that's the actual Hallmark currency. Mm -hmm. um, so we, and that's the fun nod of like Hallmark never actually talks about money. So when Andy says he's broke, it was like, oh, we're saying zero. That's a number. Mm -hmm. We've never heard a number before. Um, but he was like, oh, I'd be like, it's irresponsible of me not to consider this amount. And I'm like, how much is this girl offering you? Kind of sight unseen a little bit of your finances. And I don't for believe an that with this no hotel business model. is worth anything. Like, There's they're one gonna store, buy it. one diner, 
and no staff to support this. And the town, not only that, the town seems to support it pretty well. There's like 10 people in the town <laughs> and they're not staying there. They come by for a free mixer. That's true. That's true. They're and not, then Andy, not, they, yeah, the town is never going to stay in the end and maybe their family and friends would. And then the one thing Andy does at the end to like show Erica how much he loves her or whatever, he's like, I felt like Garland finally needed this. He adds a coffee shop to the end. He does. And he With gives what her money. Well, I know. Yes. <laughs> so you're broke. And then, and then you do like a three day remodel of this space in your end to make an entire bake shop in it and buy an espresso machine to give your former ex lover or your, your ex lover, I guess, um, yep. <laughs> the first Garland cappuccino. Which, you know, I got to tell you, I always seek out a barista who's never made anything before for my be a first good cup one. of coffee. <laughs> or the, Nest, the Nestle machine <laughs> at least can't mess it up, maybe. But I don't know what he bought. But yeah, I mean, first of all, how did he do that little renovation yeah. in that short of an amount of time? But also, again, this is where she needs to be looking at the books because that was not... That's a terrible Great. business plan. <laughs> it's you terrible. have no money and you double down on no customers and added a function. So who are you making those coffees for? And who, there have been two women that we know of that's ever complained about there being a, a lack of a coffee Because if there were more people shop. complaining about coffee, they would have had coffee a long time ago. It's just these out-of-towners that are coming in asking about coffee. And now we've built an entire inn to house the rest of them that aren't coming and a coffee shop for this one yeah. person. So silly. So silly. So because what they want is fruitcake and whatever casserole, right? Haggis eggnog. <laughs> whatever. Yams. <laughs> casserole. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was pretty funny, Tara, that um, at the end of the movie, he's giving her a gift. He's bought a star and named it after her. And you immediately responded with, stars are a scam buying people's stars is a scam <laughs> i mean i i would have to do a little more digging but i'm pretty sure i've read before that you multiple companies can sell you the same star and it's like what does it really mean and there's nothing official about you naming that star after somebody and and so i was just like oh and i was like this is more of a sentimental gift it could be romantic no <laughs> i mean it's a it's a romantic gesture have you ever bought somebody a star no have you bought you didn't buy me a star. <laughs> no, I definitely definitely can't. don't buy me a star I definitely for Christmas. Canceled it after you tweeted out. It's a scam. You did not buy me a star. I did not buy you a star, you know but I that. did name a tree in our yard after you. Good. <laughs> so well, that one out there. Which one? It's called Doctor Gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which one? The left one. You're gonna put a plaque on it. No left it, tree. I want <laughs> left tree <laughs> from which perspective. <laughs> So I have a little snark from the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, as we lead into kind of the final scene that you that we're going to talk about. But um, the way that she gets this resolved is oh, she yeah. there's a magic mailbox <laughs> in the town. We love we love a good magical object. So we've seen this other couple like putting their letters to Santa in the mailbox. And the idea is like. Oh, how silly. Ha ha. What can it hurt for me to put this letter in it's the mailbox? It's a direct line to Santa. Right. And of course it is because it's Garland and Santa does live there. <laughs> so she puts the the letter in the mailbox about like wishing that she could figure out like what to do about this. And 
it works. Like it comes true. <laughs> and so I said, ah, okay, Santa. So this is like a deus ex machina kind of moment <laughs> in the plot. And I was like, but in a Hallmark movie, we would call that a Santa ex machina. <laughs> so that's going to be my new thing is this is a Santa ex machina. That This is like what puts that magic out into the universe to bring our movie to its ultimate conclusion which is that she's deciding to leave because she, her business is done here. She can't stay at the inn anymore. She goes and stays with Miss Claus. Miss Claus makes her a whole beautiful breakfast the next morning. And she just leaves the breakfast on the table she and doesn't need to eat it. She does this, this stupid movie thing of like sits down to eat her breakfast and then immediately gets up and walks away. <laughs> but what else happens in that scene? Nothing good because the... so. Andy's mom, who's Mrs. Claus, is like, I need to tell you something about the family, Erica. Cut to commercial. And then the reveal happens off screen. We never get to see her say, Frank Holiday is actually Santa Claus. Right. And I was mad about it. And she does, still doesn't believe. We don't get to see how it's presented to her because we, all we know is that she really doesn't even believe what was told to her. Right. She, Until she sees Frank up in the sky in front of the moon being like, Merry Christmas. Right. <laughs> so she just thinks this woman is is malarkey and just silly. Not that this is the actual family oh, secret. <laughs> what a crazy lady. I have one last snark for this. I mean, there's so many, but one that's worth talking about. Erica keeps talking about how this is such a gift of the Magi yes. type premise. She's like, if I make Andy sell it to me, he's giving up his life dream and I get the promotion and I have to leave Garland. Or if I don't make Andy sell it, he's okay, and so am I. I was like, I mean, like, I don't know what her rationale was about why this was Gift of the Magi. It was a catch-22 situation. Right. She read It was the a wrong. rock and a hard place situation. <laughs> Gift of the Magi requires selfless acts of giving up something of value to yourself, which Andy was not doing, nor was she. It was all well, one-sided. And it's giving up of something. So the Gift of the Magi story is like she gives up her or her hair to buy him a watch band and he or a watch chain and he sells his watch to buy her a comb for her hair. Right. So it's not even just that they're giving up something selfless. It's that the thing they give up then renders the gift that they've received also useless. Right. So that then you kind of end up then with two useless objects. And it's like how I, it's, it's, it's a story you use in English classes to teach irony, like right. situational irony. And it's like, you read the wrong story in English class, girl. This is a catch 22. This is not a gift of the magic right. like, situation. Nobody's given up a thing. Like nobody's selling a thing that the, renders it useless to someone else. Like that was not at all the scenario. And it was like, maybe she just made a mistake, but she mentions it more than once that this was a gift of the magi situation i was like no, no girl it's not yeah or if it was she wasn't explaining it very well and a whole half of the story was being left out because all she was talking about is it was kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't kind of situation for her now i mean i guess maybe what's gift of the magi is the ending which is erica quit her job and andy's broke so they have no financial what are like, they gonna do stability <laughs> to run this in Really, what he needed to do is move to Seattle to be with her when she gets the big promotion. Sell the right. inn, make the money, because apparently they're going to pay big bucks for it, and then go live in Seattle. Right. She didn't even take the commission on the like. Or she right. Gonna take and the let her be it. the executive. Yeah. And that's the way to live happily ever after. That's the sound financial decision. Leave Garland, yeah. purchase your home with the sale money, and live the good life. You can be live a stay-at-home dad. So we could have rewritten this movie. Clearly. Clearly. But the most important question, Tara, is 
Will this love last? Will this love last? <laughs> I'm usually the person to say no, but in this case, I think yes, because if she's been dumb enough once, then she's going to be dumb enough again. Shame on her, right? Right. And well, and it, she knows what she's getting into, right? Like she's been with him before. There's not going to be any surprises. Now she knows the information that she needs to know. She's making an informed decision. You know, will she go, you know, in January and take a fellowship somewhere else? Possibly. I think Andy might just sell the business and start a whole new hobby. I agree that this love will last, not because I think that they'll make it. I think they both make terrible choices. But I think because she now knows the family secret, Frank Holiday won't let her leave willingly. Santa ex machina. <laughs> She's there forever. She got the sweatpants jeans. <laughs> yeah. Once you know Frank's real identity, you your family for life. Your family for life. And you can't leave. Santa has some people. <laughs> title review. All right. So the title is obviously terrible because the inn is not cozy. At all. So it either needs to be Santa Ex Machina, <laughs> a clockwork Christmas. <laughs> Where are we going? Okay. Is or that because you're trying to do steampunk? Steampunk. Okay. A steampunk family <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> um, or... Still under wraps. <laughs> I was gonna say uh Christmas unwrapped. Christmas because we unwrapped. actually hear like wait or we actually hear them acknowledge Santa's existence, which I was like not done. That. And the tea that was spilled, we've unwrapped the tea. Oh yeah, I would have been fine with Christmas tea as well. Yes. <laughs> but they would have they would have needed to like retcon tea into the storyline as right. well. Right. Yes. So I like Christmas unwrapped. Yes. Christmas in the grain silo doesn't have a ring to it. So <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. So we'll stick with Christmas Unwrapped. But what are our sparks and snarks here? So we have to give this a rating before we place it in its tiered category. So how many sparks and how many snarks? I'm going to give this two sparks. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's cute. It's garland. It's, you know, th there's enough cuteness. It's not a good movie. What makes it for me is the fact that I'm going to give it five snarks. Oh, see, I was going to give it three, but then bump it up one for the CCB stuff. Like if, if all the CCB was out of it or if we didn't know any of that stuff, no. it would be a three. And But because there's that extra, it's like an extra little glowing shooting star there for the fourth star. So, but The reason it was fine for me is it, it's three baseline, one for Candace Cameron Bure being written out. And another one for putting Jody Sweeten in. Because <laughs> like it was a double layer. It was a double layer. All right. And that fifth one is the shooting star. <laughs> That's the sound effect for sure. But for star. me, if it was there, I'd be observed through a telescope because it's very far away. <laughs> um, all that to say in our ranking system, I put this under bad but snarkable. Yeah, I, I think there's a case that it could be watchable considering like if we've seen the other one. Mm -hmm. So we might have disagreed a little bit on the initial placing there. But when we when we talked about it and we said, where do we think compared to the other movies of the season? Mm -hmm. um, it I don't know that I would watch. The, I don't know. I'm so on the fence about it that that was like, OK, we can we can put it in the lower. Right. I mean, like if I take this movie at face value, it's not that great of a movie mm -hmm. it's really leaning on the fact that christmas under wraps was a good movie mm -hmm. and what makes it what i love which is a snarkable christmas movie is the fact that they not only lean on christmas under wraps 
they insult it at the same time. Right. Their own movie. And for me, it also comes into that we are watching movies in the second weekend of the season. And so I tend to think more highly of the movies when I've only seen a few of them. Mm -hmm. And once we get to watching like our 37th movie, I'll be like, oh, that was actually completely unmemorable. And I probably (laughs) would not watch it if it came back on because I've seen better movies by that point. And I know what the good ones are. And it it sinks down some of those early movies, probably a rating lower than what I give them. Fair enough. Fair enough. So with that... We encourage you to go to our website, hallmarksnark.com, rankings, and you will see all of the rankings so far this season. And if you follow us on Instagram, you can also see them there in our story highlights. But please follow us on social media. We live tweet all the Countdown to Christmas Mm -hmm. movies. It's a lot of fun. We've got a great crew that we do it with. It's one of my highlights each week. Um, And if you don't already, if you haven't already, please give us a a comment or a rating on wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. It really helps us out and it helps um, iTunes and all of the other sources know that we're here and we're queer and we're talking about Hallmark (laughs) movies. So you know, it, it does help. So that being said, I've been Tara. I've been Austin. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. 